The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. On this Veterans Day Sunday, and with the additional support of Marsh Chapel's own Inner Strength Gospel Choir under the direction of Herbert S. Jones, the liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for this gathered congregation, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that having this hope we may purify ourselves as he is pure, 
that when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. To nourish our souls, we come to worship and to strengthen our spirits for the days ahead. We pause to hear a traditional Kyrie. Every week, we are challenged with name tags placed upon us that are not quite so, quasi-true, semi-accurate, a name tag here and there that is not yours exactly, bitterly beneath, perhaps, who you are meant to be, as Tillich said about false ultimacies. These name tags get placed upon us. My young friend, remember, you are a child of the living God. My young friend in worship, remember your name, your name tag, and peel away, and peel away, and peel away every false ultimacy. You are born to live as a child of the living God. We bow in confession as our choir sings with us. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then Go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. 
Then then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
join me in saying verses from Psalm 42 with the antiphon. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul how I went with a throng and led them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Mark, chapter 12, verses 38 through 44. Glory to you, O Lord. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who will like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance, say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. Today's sermon, The Color Purple, is offered in the form of an imagined letter with deference to and gratitude for C.S. Lewis' book, The Screwtape Letters, dated 11 days after Halloween 2012. My dear Wormwood, again, it is my pleasure to write your annual review, you devil you. No uncle was ever prouder of a nephew than I am of you, Wormwood. Look at the excellent, successful year you have had making devilry among the good planet, the people of planet Earth. As chief representative of the fallen angels in this part of the universe, I have a close relationship with the Prince of Darkness himself, our Father below. You may rest assured that news of your various nefarious victories will sink to his hellish level. You have a dark future ahead of you, Wormwood. Congratulations. In particular, your work in these United States of America over the last decade or more, Wormwood, has been nothing short of masterful. I take my horns off to you, one devil to another, and salute your negativity. You've kept them fighting among themselves, morning to night, like children in the marketplace, solely citing their own interests, assured that the one truth they each hold is the only truth in the box. Excellent, Wormwood, excellent. I could not have done better myself, even when I wore a younger devil's tail. Keep at it, nephew, keep at it. Set them one against the other, a man against his own house, rich against poor, red against blue, radical against fundamentalist, personal ethics against social justice, doing against being. Oh, the thrill we have to observe such mayhem. Good boy. With this letter, this annual post-Halloween performance review, I enclose your official promotion, commendation, and ribbon as sub-demon of the year with special commendation for inciting needless division. I bow my horns to you. Now, Wormwood, it would not do for me, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape, superintendent of demons in the near Milky Way, to let you go without a little avuncular advice. Call it a little devilish Dutch uncle advice to keep you on your way. Down below, they celebrate this weekend, remembering those who protected the great hope of a land of the free and a home of the brave, a community with liberty and justice for all, a place for those who have, where those who have much might not have too much and those who have little might not have too little. They remember their veterans, their self-sacrificing forebears and relatives. They reflect on those who rode the waves of military service, and they do so with grace and affection. Ouch! Wormwood, my little devil, we cannot let this continue. It cools the fires of hell to hear such loving rhetoric. So, here are some bits of wisdom Wormwood, for your future devilry, sent from your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. Be most comfortable, be most careful, Wormwood, not to let any of these groups you have so carefully set upon each other with daggers drawn get the idea that wisdom is justified by all her deeds, that wisdom is justified by all her children, that wisdom comes in more than one color, Make sure the blue stay blue. Make sure the red stay red. Make sure the people from Nebraska never talk to the people from Rhode Island. Flee the color purple, Wormwood. Flee the color purple with its recognition of dialectical thought, its movement toward full truth, its bow before the sin they all share. No, my boy, keep them fighting. Keep the Presbyterians denouncing pride and forgetting about sloth and falsehood. Keep the Methodists denouncing sloth and forgetting about pride and falsehood. Keep the Lutherans denouncing falsehood and forgetting about pride and sloth. Yes, excellent. Purple is dangerous to us. 
If the blues start seeing that the red have a point here and there, your cause is lost. If the red start seeing that the blue have a point here and there, your cause is lost. Keep them shouting at each other like children in the marketplace. One group wanting to play weddings, the other wanting to play funerals. Pipes versus wails, dances versus weepings. Their Lord really had your number there, my friend. Take the purple out of their crayon boxes. We want gated communities, the demise of public schools, lines of suburban-urban separation, racial dis-ease and distrust, class separations, ideological fences, and a verbal war of all against all. Children in the marketplace, as their savior said, yes, Wormwood, yes. Well done, nephew. Well done. Here's an example. I hear the good hearts of their leaders saying many and caring things about children and the poor, those left out. Like that poor woman in the Bible who gave all she had, though she didn't have much. Wormwood, this is peril for us. Be on the qui vive. If that country ever got behind that idea, and everyone had medical care, education, respect. It worries me. Keep them pinned down. Keep their leaders pinned down, Wormwood, in tragic conflict, in financial red ink, in culture wars, and be vigilant. Sometimes they begin to get the idea I read in one of their papers about an 11-year-old lost in the mountains. Did you have anything to do with that, Wormwood? Creative move there, my boy. But after all, astute creative devilry on your part, 3,000 searchers looked for four days and they, they found him. The lost was found. That really frosts me. Oh, the joy they had in it, too. That frosts my preserves, Wormwood. It's like the joy a Christian has at bringing a friend, relative, or neighbor to church and the experience there of love. No greater joy. It makes my blood freeze. That rescuer said, they quoted him in the paper, I just feel so relieved and happy. Oh, Lordy, that really takes the cake. See, if they really start watching over one another in love, like that old Englishman John Wesley said, you and I, we'd be out of business in our part of the hemisphere. Another example, Wormwood, we had devils hate to hear about people moving from poverty to well-being. All this generosity talk, perish the thought. All this liberty, equality, fraternity, palaver, I thought we got rid of that in the 19th century. My boy, we want a permanent underclass so that we can then use it to foment revolution. But this country, and its churches, especially those pesky Methodists, have always championed social mobility like that in the churches of Paul way back when. His urban Christians were status inconsistent, and so are the living churches today. That Paul was a thorn in my devil's flesh, that apostle to the Gentiles, but we did get him at last. We need to keep people in their place, I tell you, nephew. It bothers me when I read a young, about a young woman named Della who was a 15-year-old foster child living in a hut with a dirt floor till her uncle came and found her and took her into his own home. And he was an attorney in Kentucky. She said it was like little orphan Annie going to live with the Rockefellers. Listen to this, Wormwood and see if it doesn't freeze your blood. This is what she was quoted as having said. I was 15. It was not easy. I was shy, socially inept. For the first time, I could have the right clothes, but I didn't have any idea what the right clothes were. I didn't know much about the world, and I was always afraid of making the wrong move. 
When we had a school trip for chorus, we went to a restaurant. I ordered a club sandwich, but when it came with those toothpicks on either end, I didn't know how to eat it. So I just sat there, well, staring at it and starving and saying I didn't feel well. Her uncle educated her at Berea College, a school set up especially for hardworking children of the poor who want a fine education. And now, some years later, she's an attorney in her uncle's firm. Wormwood, be on the lookout. This kind of story will find its way into a pulpit if it's not snuffed out. <laughs> Check and see who we have on our side in the newspapers. A story like that brings a tear to the eye, a warmth to the heart, a willingness to give, even if you only have a widow's might. Such gospel is our undoing. A story like that is your undoing, Wormwood. Come on, my boy, have you begun with the flesh to end with the spirit? You can do better. I mean worse. I mean better. I mean, well, you know what I mean. What would happen down there if this kind of idea took hold? Our cause would be lost. Wormwood, perish the thought, Wormwood, perish the thought. And this matter of war, good bit of work there, Wormwood. Now if you can just keep the purple crayon out of the box. My own fear is that there will emerge a consensus across the land on how to fix these problems. Here's my thought. Keep the blue critics stuck in their anger over things they judge should never have happened. That will keep them from facing clearly new situations with resolve, humility, and imagination. And keep the red supporters stuck in defense of past confusions, misinformation, and misjudgment. That will keep them from finding the resolve, humility, and imagination needed to change course to attend to new duties. Especially, keep them from talking with each other to find the purple ground. Divide and conquer, Wormwood. Divide and conquer. Otherwise, they may find a way to gather the will of the nations to bring peace to their world in their time. That would be our purple defeat, the defeat of all our devilry. Confusion, miscommunication, mistrust. These are your best allies, my shrewd nephew. They must not be allowed to remember history and its lessons. When Professor Wiesel said two weeks ago, we face the enemy with memory, we face the enemy with memory, Wormwood, he's talking about you. Get at that work on weakening memory. You can help them forget the lessons of the past. The last thing on earth the Prince of Darkness wants, and he writes my performance review, as you know, the last thing he wants is a just, participatory, and stable world community. Peace abroad would let America be free purple crayon in hand to draw a picture of a nation where all, meaning all, have a place. Or look at their stumbling around about their country's budget. I have to hand it to you, you young devil you. You have even made them forget that to balance a budget you have to raise more and spend less. How did you ever accomplish that? But now I hear rumblings, Wormwood. I have a sad feeling that they will find a way to work together, to compromise, to see the larger picture, to work for the good of the whole. You know how I despise all that sappy, caring, loving, pragmatic, effective public leadership. How much more savory and sour a fiscal cliff. Let me be blunt, Wormwood. When you see red and blue talking to each other, get moving. When you see a red woman and a blue man determined to think together, learn from each other, work side by side, having lunch at a table adorned in purple, burn that restaurant. 
We just not, cannot have that kind of synthesis going on. Thesis, yes. Antithesis, yes. No synthesis. Red we can stand, blue we can handle. It is the color purple that is our downfall. We cannot afford that kind of creativity, new creation, new thinking. It would be like Cornell West and Billy Graham having lunch to talk theology. That's what I mean, Wormwood. Burn that restaurant. Let me be blunter, Wormwood, when you see a church, the last place people actually gather, if they gather at all, that is both red and blue, putting on a robe with a purple hue, you weaken that church. A denomination that stands for children, the poor, social mobility, justice, but also for personal morality, financial responsibility, moral strength, individual piety, for biblical dialectical thought, not just the thunderbolts from left and right. You drain that swamp, Wormwood, drain that swamp. What you've done to the Methodists in the Northeast over the last 30 years, you need to do now to the rest of the country. Let me be the bluntest I've been, Wormwood. I have one specific request, dear nephew. Keep your eye on that chapel in Boston, Marsh Chapel. They look purple to me. They look purple to me. They're growing, they're growing. They're building, they're building. They're starting to invite. Work on them, Wormwood. Work on them. Make them fear the unknown. Make them tentative. Make them forget the needs of students and student programs. Make them accentuate gender, race, ethnic, class divisions. Make them disagree whenever they can. Set, on, set them on each other, red on blue, blue on red. I know, Wormwood, I can count on you. I will check your work at our next annual early November post-Halloween review 2013. And remember, you can hum it with me, the theme song we took from William Blake. When Satan first the black bow bent and the moral law from the gospel rent, he turned the law into a sword and spilt the blood of mercy's Lord. Signed this day, November 11th, 2011, your affectionate uncle, Screwtape. Amen.
As we gather to bring our prayers to God, I invite you to stand, sit, kneel, or come to the altar rail if it is in your tradition to do so. Let us join in the singing of our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. to you this Veterans Day morning with hopeful minds and thankful hearts. You know and value each of us, and we pray that we would feel your presence in difficult times. For those of us who are hurting, who carry burdens, we pray that God would grant you ease and happiness. We pray for the members of our congregation both those in the pews and those listening by radio. God, may you walk with us in all that we do. We pray also for the community of Boston University, the community of the city of Boston, the community of Massachusetts. God, may you keep us connected and caring. In the wake of the election earlier this week, we pray for the leaders of our nation. God, may you foster love between them and move them toward healing the divides that have separated our country for far too long. Grant them understanding and compassion and a vision for a future together. Most of all, God, on this holiday set aside for remembering our veterans, we pray for those who have fought for us. Bring them peace and renewal and the knowledge that we are thankful for their bravery. For those who experienced violence throughout the world, Almighty God, bestow upon them your healing power and your divine love. These are our prayers. And now, let us join together to say the words that you have taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and invite you to put your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the coming week. Here for a special announcement this morning is our Director of Music, Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett. Good morning and welcome to Marsh Chapel and I'm delighted to announce to you again as I did last week that today starts our newest choral ensemble at Marsh Chapel the Thurman Choir. There's a sheet of paper in the narthex which you can collect on the way out which describes the nature of the group and we invite your active participation and certainly vocal participation. The Thurman Choir is open to any and all members of the Marsh Chapel community who wish to lift their voice in song as a community of common faith in the spirit of Howard Thurman. No audition or previous experience is required and a multi-generational experience is encouraged. We'll begin downstairs at 12.30 today. We have three anthems to learn, one for December 16th as part of Lessons and Carols, and then two for Christmas Eve. We look forward to seeing you downstairs. Thank you very much. Thank you, Scott. We would note that tomorrow, Boston University is administratively closed but academically open in celebration of Veterans Day. If you are confused as to whether or not you are an administrator or an academic, good luck. This Friday at 7.30 p.m. here in the nave of Marsh Chapel is Dean's Choice, uh, otherwise known as the Inner Strength Gospel Choir Concert. We hope that you will join us on Friday evening. Tickets are available for $8 per person in advance or $10 at the door. Again, that's 7.30 on Friday evening. On a more sober note, this Saturday, uh, this coming Saturday, we will be celebrating International Survivors of Suicide Day that will be taking place at the Photonic Center beginning at 9.30 in the morning. More information is available in your bulletin or on the chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving as well as all of our upcoming services and activities. We hope that you will meditate on Herb Jones' own setting, uh, Rejoice, sung by the Inner Strength Gospel Choir during the offertory. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
Dear loving God, fill us with your spirit as we give you all we have. Bless this offering and quench our thirst as we seek to deepen our relationship with you, O divine creator. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. <laughs> 